Thank you for checking out Blog Theater from Happy Living. Blog Theater is Scott Berry's take on a blog post on happyliving.com. Scott is a former NFL draft pick who has turned his talents to screenwriting and performing his critically acclaimed one-man shows Solo Gig Squared and Rise. He is a man of many talents, and we hope you enjoy his burst of inspiration. This week's Blog Theater is a little different. Not only the rain outside my door that you might be able to hear, but that I have been assigned to test drive an interview. It's a series on Happy Living called Something Significant, created by Happy Living founder Matt Gersper, as a way to go inside the heart and minds of people out in the world, pushing the envelope of not just happy living, but meaning in their lives. Or as Matt says, our goal is to share stories about the pursuit of significance from real men and women who have done great things in the world. Now, when Matt uses the word significance, he means not just doing something for doing sake, which is okay too, but those times in our lives when we have pursued something that has a greater significance than just personal gain and is a contribution to the world around us. And yes, it is a common mantra, I want to change the world, and seemingly a much harder thing to get your mind around and hands around and accomplish Culturally, we've been hypnotized to believe that only those people operating on a grand stage, a world stage, are doing great things and can change the world. While that may be true to a degree, I think a significant life could be had just as well by simply committing a single act of kindness every day or by teaching a second grade class or by starting the largest paleo symposium in the world, as Keith Norris and his wife Michelle have. Keith is the subject of this interview. Now, full disclosure, I'm not quite sure I know exactly what the paleo movement is, other than like most people I automatically think of cavemen eating brontosaurus burgers. Of course, that's not it, though I'm sure some burgers are included. When I read and Google further, I see the subtitle Ancestral Health associated with paleo and varying manifestos about restoring, maintaining, and enhancing people's lives with an eye on disease prevention through the dietary and lifestyle choices we make. Now this instantly reminds me of Ayurveda, the sister science to yoga that my wife practices as a profession and teaches and that I have been interested in for some 20 years. In her practice, she helps clients optimize the body's natural ability to heal through individualized diet, lifestyle choices, and herbal remedies. The key being the body's natural ability to heal. Ironically, Ayurveda is the oldest medicine known to mankind, having existed for some 5,000 years in written form, another 5,000 years before that in oral form, predating Western and Chinese medicine, and yet it is little known in the West. And like the Paleo movement, it seems, which I didn't know was a bedfellow to Ayurveda, continues to take a backseat to Western medicine. The reason, in my humble opinion, is that Ayurveda, and it seems the paleo philosophy, comes with no magic pill. And in contrast, calls on us to take responsibility for our health by simply considering what we're eating, how we're eating, how much we move and exercise every day, and what feelings and thoughts we hold in our hearts. All of this in lieu of constantly relying on pharmaceuticals to cure, or at least mask, our ills. 
In fact, I read a statistic that 100,000 people die a year in America from taking prescribed medication as prescribed. That sounds like an epidemic to me. Maybe it's time we took a hard look at Ayurveda and functional medicine and the paleo movement to get away from those prescription drugs and processed foods and back to the basics of nature, you know, like Brontosaurus burgers. But that's just part one of this blog for me. Health, prevention, nature. Part two is what strikes me the most about this interview with Mr. Norris. It's the idea of significance or finding meaning in our lives. Reading his interview takes me back to a book I read many years ago at a pivotal time in my life, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Mr. Frankl was a psychiatrist prior to being a prisoner in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany. While enduring horrific conditions, he found a reason to survive, a reason to live. It was the notion that one day he would share the horrors of the Holocaust so that it may never happen again. In his book, he also wrote about the moment when he would notice a fellow prisoner giving up hope, the will and purpose to live, giving up not just on life, but the meaning of life. It made him wonder if thoughts and purpose could actually keep your physical body alive, you know, like significance and the mind-body connection. Speaking of the mind-body connection, it's interesting to note how slow we move in the West. The mind-body connection has been recognized for a good 10,000 years in holistic medicines like Ayurveda, and only for about 50 years in America. That's slow, but we're getting there. Which brings me to Mr. Norris. When Matt asks him how has significance played a role in his journey, and was there a specific moment When he became aware of those things most significant to him, he spoke of the heartbreaking loss of his daughter in an auto accident. Being a parent myself, it's an unimaginable loss. But from that deep well of sadness came inspiration for Mr. Norris. And after a year of contemplation, he decided to leave what he calls his cushy big pharma job to impact people's lives in a way he knew would ultimately have greater and more lasting impact. He found his significance. It reminds me of a question I read in one of Deepak Chopra's early books. I don't recall which one or the exact quote, but it was something like, why does it take death to inspire us to finally live? Deepak, as I recall, was an oncologist in Boston working with terminally ill patients. Time and again, he would give someone the devastating news that they had months to live. Their responses often startled him. Instead of grief, it was often something like, well, fine, now I can finally quit that job that I hate. Or, now I can finally take that trip I always wanted to go on. It was as if they were finally free from the binds of material things and career pursuits and could simply live their true natures with nothing to lose. Why does it take tragedy for us to consider how we're living? to be inspired, to find significance, to consider the value of our lives, not just for ourselves, but for others. Why do we need to face death to truly live? I mean, we're all going to die, but we live as if we're going to live forever. Mr. Norris talks about creating paleo FX and its related businesses against the advice of just about everyone around him. And during the Great Recession, no less, 
But despite early financial struggles and near bankruptcy, he and his wife persisted. From what I can tell, driven by the significance of what they were trying to share with the world, driven by a desire to help people become healthier, better versions of themselves, or at least the version of themselves they were meant to be. I once read about an American Indian practice of waking up each morning and contemplating death. It sounds a bit morose, I know, but the point of the practice was to give us perspective on the short time we have here on earth and in these bodies, and to give us the courage to live each day as if it were our last. Would we commute to that job we hate? Or would we pause and consider what we might contribute in the short time we have? Another practice I once did was to write my own eulogy. It was a fascinating exercise because I quickly found out that nothing I would want anyone to say about me included houses or cars or money or fame or power, but simply what kind of human being I had been. Words like generous and compassionate and kind and inspiring landed on the page, followed by he was a great friend, a great father, a great brother, a great partner. He lived life to the fullest. Nothing, I repeat, nothing about a single possession or accomplishment, but simply what I had given and meant to other people. But what also struck me about that exercise was that for that eulogy to be read and words like generous and compassionate to be spoken about me, I would have to walk that talk. And speaking of talk, I know this is a lot of talk about death. All this talk. Reminds me of the quote, you can never truly live until you've learned to die. And so when I read this interview with Keith Norris and I listen to him talk about the obstacles he's faced and how in the aftermath of heartbreak, he found significance in his life and the desire to help other people achieve what they want, I'm inspired to do the same. I'm also inspired in particular by his desire to help people realize through paleo and ancestral health that we all ultimately control the destiny of our health. Or as he says, not doctors, not government, nobody has as much influence upon their health as they do themselves. It's a message that my wife has dedicated her life to through her professional practice and teaching of Ayurveda, a message that I support and share with everyone I can. Call it paleo call it ancestral health, call it functional medicine, call it Ayurveda, the more we realize that we, first and foremost, control our health and our lives, the sooner we will all be living the life of our dreams, however big or small those dreams may be. Thank you for listening to Blog Theater from Happy Living. If you enjoyed this performance, please leave us a kind review. To read the inspiration for this episode of Blog Theater, go to happyliving.com backslash blogtheater.